Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to The Ralph Report, the last Ralph Report of the week. You know why? Because it's a Friday. Okay, come on. Stop it. Fucking knock it off. You love oh, it. Oh, it does. It fucking makes my ears tingle or tickle. Mm, it's yeah. so weird in my you, ears. I make your body tingle. No, you don't. don't not I? my body. Yeah. My ears. ears are connected to the body. Uh, I'll take it. I want to rip them off. It's a Friday. It's a hot fudge Friday. Yeah! Hot fudge on the hey, What's going on? Hot fudge on the is october 13th the year is 2023 why that's the year of larry here he is mr music maker himself lawrence well thank you bob thank you ladies and gentlemen what a house a packed house tonight what a house what a house a packed house today. a packed house tonight <laughs> All hail Larry Welk. It is right to give Larry Welk thanks and praise. Mr. Music Maker Mr. himself. What a house. It's right for you to give him thanks and praise, and it's right for you to be listening to The Ralph Report. The Ralph Report. It's a thing of dreams. That's right. It's a, a thing, thing of dreams. A thing of dreams. <sighs> you know what it is today? What? It's Friday. Yeah. October 13th. <gasps> Friday the 13th. Uh, 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 oh, you know. <laughs> Freddy. No, not Freddy. That's Jason, Jason. Dude. Voorhees. All right. Not Freddy. You ever been to Voorhees, New Jersey? I have not. Oh, I have. Is he there? No. Is the lake there? I believe he was named after the town in New Jersey. Or was I'm, he? I'm not mistaken. Friday the 13th, boys and girls, all kinds of horrible, horrible things are going to happen to you so today. So many things. Because it is Friday the 13th, but we're going to press on anyway. We're going to do a show on Friday the 13th. That's how brave we are. We ain't a scared and nobody, no how, no way. It's going to be a hell of a show today, too, by the way. Because on the counter, you want to know why? Well, Fridays are always fun. Mm -hmm. The Video Vault segment where yeah. we uh, pull out a couple movies we think you should check out if you haven't seen them. A couple of our favorites. Definitely mine. Oh, my God. <laughs> I Definitely check mine out. I, after all these years... <laughs> I thought, all right, we've reached Eddie's bottom, his basement when it comes to <laughs> shitty films. And you keep, yeah. you are just yeah. a, you're a treasure. Okay. You just keep <laughs> topping yourself. But you gave me specific parameters. Well, I didn't. The it, first it was, horror movie I ever saw. It was a suggestion from the Garmy member. We'll right. play that call when we get into it. Okay. But uh, the topic just for saying. today is the first scary movie you ever saw as a child. That's the parameters you I was given. Left an imprint on you. 
Definitely and did. And this explains so much, that you were damaged as a child. Severely. And uh, <laughs> learned to love things like this. It was, it was Stockholm Syndrome. You learned to, you fell in love <laughs> with your captor. And uh, now it explains so much. Also, the Garmy Game Show, where you might win some fabulous cash and prizes. Cash not included. If I can rise to the occasion yes. this week and get a mere five out of ten questions correct. Entertainment news, of course, your phone calls. Jay Busby going to stop by to talk a little NFL football. Week six mm. as we head into the weekend. Who you guys got this week? Uh, we have the New York Jets. Oh, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. He'll win that game. I think, I think, he'll I like win. to he'll think that, that we're, uh, we're in that. pretty good he'll shape there. Game. So we'll see. Yeah. That's why they play the games. Eh, he'll win that You one. never know who you guys have this week. Falcons. Falcons. 50-50, man. They're not as bad as they used it's to be. It's a toss-up. That's for sure. 50-50. Where is it? Atlanta. 50-50. Mm. I don't have hopes and dreams about no, it. No hopes so, and dreams? No hopes and dreams. It's not a thing of dreams anymore? No, not, not as long as Jack Dorea is calling defensive plays. I got you. Well, look, Jack's got He's a lot awful. of problems. He has so many. <laughs> this is just so one many, of them. So many problems. We'll talk to Jay Busby about football at the end of the show. Meanwhile, before we get into the show, before we get to phone calls, yeah. another day, another record broken. Okay. Do we have to do introductions? Ex oh, oh, I guess I'll we should just, do I that. I just don't want you to get an email about I, I appreciate it. The, so. I appreciate the heads up. You're welcome. Nice backstop there. <laughs> I'm your old podcast pal. My name's Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me. Not a set anything. The Rear Admiral himself, Sheriff of Ghost Town, Mayor of Myrtle Beach, victim of vandalism. Mm -hmm. uh, Yahoo of Yellowstone. Mm. The Dilf Pickle. He's Nipsey Muscle. He's Holy God. Holy God. Around these parts, we just call him Eddie Pence. Hey everybody. <laughs> Woo! Yo ho, Eddie. There All right, we go. All there caught we up go. now. All caught up. Ready to go. Uh, quick update, uh, the watch gate. So that's gone. It's gone. just, it's okay. in the wind, man. All right. It's in the wind. I'm going to stop asking because I don't think we're getting any, we're getting any <laughs> if movement. If I show up with this. a watch on, then you know it's found. All right. We'll just leave it at that. I'll just try to be as observant as I can be. <laughs> um. Okay. Oh, yeah. Another day, okay. another record broken. All right. It's just, I just, I feel like it happens almost every day now. I'm seeing another world news record. story where another world record is being mm, broken. Sure. We have to we have to up our game. We got to step up. I think I can do I think I can do the nugget one. You I just, really I, really I didn't train. Five, you were five short. I, I didn't that's train. A, that's like misnip by, there was no by training. one or two. There was no training. That's a, a significant chunk of I nugs. think if I train I can do that. All right. Well, we'll revisit that, but maybe I'm thinking you could tackle this one okay. in the interim. Let's see what. A 22-year-old from New Orleans, Javante Carter. Okay is now a Guinness World Record holder. He is the uh, person mm -hmm. who's known yeah. to have done what the longest gurning. What's a gurning? I think you should try gurning. Well, I got to know I, what gurning I is. I think you could top the gurning record. Let me know what gurning is. His new record, one minute and two seconds of gurning, made him that, the number one champion gurner of all time. I don't know if that sounds easy or hard because I don't know what gurning I is. I think you need, I think you should commit to gurning. I'm not... <laughs> Before I get into I what it is. I shall not commit to anything until I know what it is. Gurning is the act, Eddie Pence, uh -huh. of pulling your lower lip up over your nose so you can't breathe and holding your breath. Until, I can't do that. Until you release it. Gurning. Over your nose? The act of 
he moves his whole jaw forward and it looks like it kind of disconnects. And then he moves his jaw up to where his bottom teeth. Okay, he's a freak of nature, man. Are covering his well, nose. That's not a record. If, if, if everybody can't do that, he other people can do it. Who? Uh, the last Gurner who held what? the record was China's Shu uh, Quan Tang in twenty twelve. Made up. He held the record of fifty three seconds of gurning, and now Javante Carter, an American. USA. Number one, USA. Number one. We're the number one gurners in the world. America first. So if I remember correctly, didn't you have some sort of jaw surgery? I did have jaw surgery, yes. Well, this should be an advantage, I think. It it shortened my jaw. Well, It didn't make my jaw bigger. Let's go back. (laughs) Let's go back to the doctor and see if he can loosen things up so you you can do some gurning. I'm literally trying to do it now. I can't. The bottom lip, the bottom lip goes up. Over it like rests on the bridge I can't of even, the nose. I can't even touch the my the bottom of my nose with I know. my lower lip. It's a freaky, freaky thing. It's gross to look, sounding. It looks like his face is collapsing in on itself. Oh no, I don't want to see that, dude. It's uh, you got to see it. I don't you want to look see it up. I don't want to see it. He discovered he had this talent in third grade. It's not a talent. It is a talent. It's not a talent. It's a gift from God. It's a trick. It's not a trick. It's a gift from God. It's a deformity. He was in third grade. He was eating lunch, and a classmate told me, says Levante, <laughs> that when I eat, my whole face disappears. <laughs> it's not a talent. He asked me to chew without food, says Javante. <laughs> and I chewed, and I did this thing with my face. Everyone laughed, obviously, and my teacher went crazy, he hmm. said. This is a third grader discovering he has been touched by God. And now he's the world's greatest gurner. Okay. I don't even know why it has a name. <laughs> why is it, who named it? You gotta have names for things. How else would we describe? But that's not a thing. That's a just, guy who pulls his bottom lip up over his face. That's not a thing to be named. That should go nameless. I think. For all of eternity. I like gurning. Not a thing. And I think. Gurning. And I think we should shoot for the gurning I record. can't do it, man. We'll get you fixed. I can't. I physically can't do we it. Have, you do uh, it. We have doctors. You do it. No, I need my mouth. I have the talk and things. I need my mouth. Yeah, but you could set a record with your mouth. I don't want to set a record. I don't, the the most important thing you've ever done with your mouth. Some would say. Gurning. If you gurned. I can't gurn. Just gurn no. a little bit. Can anyone gurn? I want to know if anyone like Garmy can gurn. Javante Carter can gurn. I don't know if he listens or not. He probably can. Javante, if you're listening out there, give us a call. <laughs> We'd love to have you on the show and talk about how you can swallow your face. Ugh, it's not a talent. It's, it, it's a gift. It's I not, keep telling you. It's not a talent. It's a, he's, no. he's, uh, he's like a mutant. He's an X-Man. No. It's like webbed X-Man. toes. That's not a talent. It's just a. It's just a what you're born with. It's not what you do. It's what you do with it. Well, he's not fans. doing anything with it. He is because he's when eating you, his face. When you do this, it cuts off. You can't breathe. <laughs> your lips seal your nose, and you can't breathe through your mouth because right. your jaw is up over your face. So not so only you're just does holding he, your breath for a minute. Not only does that's what he's doing while his face is in his mouth. <laughs> Come on, let's not let's not bury the lead here. I'm impressed by Gurners. I'm not impressed at all. Well, you should be. I'm if not. you saw Javante's face when he gurns, you would be like, "Motherfucker, that's spectacular!" He's just holding his breath for a minute in a weird way. Wow, for a guy with no world records, you sure mm. do th- talk mm-hmm. a lot of trash. I will talk all, trash when you all don't saying. have to have talent to break your record. Well, what do you got that you don't need to I don't for? know. I don't you must know. must have some deformity someplace that you're hiding. 
Let's mine whip are, it out. Mine are all internal. Whip out. <laughs> all my deformities are internal. Man, man with least <laughs> optimism. How can, how can we measure that and get him in the world book of records? Least optimistic person. I really thought Gerner, Gerning was going to be I our can't, If I could do it, I would try it. You have no uh, no physical uh, attributes no, whatsoever. I can't do. I don't. Have, I'm not like double jointed. I don't have any. I don't get to do any of that stuff. Yeah, I don't either. I'm just normal. Can you bend your fingers without? I can do that. Upper, yeah, the upper. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That. Upper upper knuckle. I can bending. do upper knuckle bending. That's that's a thing. Is it? I, I can know. make my tongue into a circle. That thing. Yeah, everybody can do that. Not everybody. I had a friend. I can't. But don't wiggle my a ears. A lot of people can do it. A lot of people can do that. Oh I had God. a friend. Have a friend. Tommy Dignam, who's a listener to this show. Hey Tommy. Hey Tommy. Um, can greatest. He, he can't. Well, he, he he's gurn adjacent. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> In college, he would endlessly entertain at parties with his spectacularly long tongue. I don't know oh. if he has a long tongue or whether he just has a uh, a, a, a lesser upper jaw. I couldn't tell he's got really. A small head. No, he's got a human sized head, but the jaw maybe maybe on the short side. Because he would be able to take a M and M, an M and M, and the tip of his tongue, yeah. and take it and then push it up into one of his nostrils. That's hot as fuck. Then he would <laughs> blow it out onto oh. his tongue and then switch it and then put it up oh. in the other nostril. And the women were just oh throwing panties at him. Oh. I'm sure, just he was knee deep, <laughs> knee deep in ladies. Get the sandbags out. There's a flood, man. You you think I'm kidding? Women would squeal and laugh and hug on him oh, yeah. and just, he was quite the party animal. Oh, with that tongue, I'm sure. It was quite the trick. So um, <laughs> if you could do something like that. Mm, I can't do that. Most M&Ms stuffed up your nose. Nope. No, then they're going to get lodged up there. You're always looking at the dark side. Dude, man. I know. Find I the silver lining. Sit there with a neti pot all night trying to get M&Ms out of my nose. You just, <laughs> you just give it a good <laughs> blow. No, fly across the room. All right, we'll work on it. Not gurning. Something can't else. gurn. All right, we'll find something else. Let's turn our attention now to Garmy members near and far. We love it when you reach out to us, especially when you use the old Ralph Report hotline. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there is a dedicated phone line that you can call just to share your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your comments. Pick up the phone and dial it. one 833 Hi, Ralph. Can't go wrong. Once the uh, beep happens, you're on. Let us know what you're thinking. Know that I will hear you, too, because I listen to every one of these voicemail messages. Then I grab a handful, and I put them here in a segment known as Garmy on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmy's on the line. Ralph's going to play your calls now. Let's see what's on your mind. You know, you don't have to have a reason to call yeah. the Ralph Report Hotline. Sure. I mean, we ask you for your thoughts, feelings, questions, and comments, yeah. but you don't necessarily have to have one of those to dial up the number. No. No. I, uh, I don't know why I'm calling. <laughs> <laughs> just had no idea. She just wanted to reach out. Just wanted to call. That's fine. Just wanted to check That's it out. Whatever you got to do. Makes you feel better All to right. do it. Use this as a uh, security blanket yeah. if you want to. yeah. Uh, we were talking a little about football at the top of the uh, show. Jay Busby, as I mentioned, will be around towards the end. Hey, Ralph. I was so inspired about you taking Livy to the football game that I actually went and took my daughter this week to go see the Jets and Broncos. I'm a big Jets fan. Oh, good. Oh. Um, yeah. 
they should be going into their bye week three and three. Mm. Uh, they will beat the Eagles this week. Oh, oh damn. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Mm, I hope so. I'm pulling for the Jets. But yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. How do I put this? Yeah, crazy. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either. I want it to. And he, he's pretty anonymous with his... Uh, he didn't leave a name. Yeah. He, I don't know if he's going to check in again on Monday or not. He'll check in if they win. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and he'll leave his name on it. Yeah. For sure. If they don't. We'll never hear from him again. He'll leave a mean exit survey, and he'll be in the wind. But you guys can have a big spelling battle with your team names. You guys can you can spell your team name, and then he can spell his. Very different. And you guys can both spell names it's together. Very different. So fun. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets is very different than E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Same fucking no, stupid shit. No, it's different energy. So you guys are both spelling your fucking team different name. Different vibe. Like first graders. Completely. Call back on Monday, sir, win or lose. Yeah, and I'll tell you off. what, if the Eagles do lose to your Jets... I'll send you a uh, Ralph Report uh, swag bag with oh, how uh, about that with the coffee mug and the shot glass and a T-shirt, the whole nine yards. Yeah, yeah. If the Jets lose, mm. however, oh, you're you're throwing him into a bet he's not even making. <laughs> like, he kind. just has to call back and admit <laughs> it, and and he has to announce to the world that he was wrong and that the oh. Eagles beat the Jets. That's all. And should he be forced to spell Eagles? No, no. Would that be like sacrilege to a Jets fan? He doesn't have to spell anything. He just has to show up and take his lumps. So I can throw the list at him. Job boiled. Maybe a scoreboard. Yeah, definitely throw a scoreboard on him. Please. I'll I'll, I'll tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) What? No, I think that's good enough. Is that good enough? That's good. All right. Uh, You know what? I tell people where stuff comes from. Mm -hmm. It's like a thing I do. I've heard. Hey, Rob, it's Todd from Philly. Go, Phils. Go, Birds. Go, Birds. So I was listening to a podcast or book or something recently, and they used the phrase, beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. And it made me wonder where that came from. Hmm. And I knew that Ralph would know. Yep. So can you tell me, Ralph? I can. Where we got the phrase, beat around the bush? I sure can. Thanks, LMB. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? We've all heard that phrase. Hey, don't beat around the bush. Sure. Uh, another version of it is don't beat about the bush. I think that's what they say in the UK. Don't beat about the bush. Okay. But we know what it means. You, you take too long without coming to a point. You're ineffectual. You're wasting time. You're stalling. Mm-hmm. You know where it comes from? Where? From the 1500s. Damn. And it's a hunting phrase. Is it? Yes. Because the uh, the rich used to go bird hunting okay. in the woods. And a lot of these birds would be hiding in bushes. Sure. And it's connected to another phrase that we still use, to beat the bushes. Like if you're, if you're looking high and low for something. Yeah. I, I mean, we are beating the bushes looking for a new coordinator for this project. Gotcha. Like when you're doing a hire or something like that. Sure. What they would do is they would send out their manservants, and the manservants, when uh, the hunting parties were out, would take sticks and literally beat the bushes, and that would... Scare the birds out. Scare the birds up out of the bushes, and then they could net or shoot the birds. Gotcha. Which is also connected to the phrase, scare up. I'm going to go scare up some breakfast. Okay. They would literally scare the birds up. So all three of those. All three of those are connected. Connected. Now, when it comes to beating around the bush... Some of these manservants mm-hmm. would be afraid to beat the bush. Why? 
because sometimes there would be wild boar in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you hit a bush with a boar in, in it, trouble. he's going to attack you. Yeah, sure. Often there were bees and wasp oh, nests bees, in, these, in these bushes. Fucking bees. So what some of them would do is just beat around the grass, act around like the, the bush, bush right. and act like they're doing something right. useful. But in reality, they're just trying to appear like they're doing their job yeah. and they're stalling Got to it. avoid putting themselves in any sort of danger. Mm. So beating around the bush became a negative thing because they weren't actually doing their job. Sure. They were stalling. Sure. And today we still use that phrase for the same reason. So it's the lazy servants. Lazy, lazy Once servants. again. Wow. That are just ruining everything for everyone. Oh, Do your job. Get your manservants in line. Just beat the bush for God's sakes, won't you? Don't beat around it. And that's it for today's Where It Comes From. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I'll fucking know. That's what you do to a servant. Beat him in the bush. And you whip him. Whip, whip him in a shape. Whip him around the bush. Teach him not to beat around the bush. Get in that bush. Well, they probably didn't want to hit it and birds fly out and they're... The guy shoots at him and then hits him. They shoot up in the air when get, the birds get, are flying. Get Dick Cheney. The birds don't run away when you, you hit the know. bush. You don't know which way a bird's going to fly. Exactly. They go, they go up. I they know that They might go much. out. What they, if they go out? They don't go down. Sideways? You don't know. They birds, go up. Man. They're, <laughs> they're going up. That's why you scare them up. Mm. I'm going to scare up some vittles. I wouldn't want to get shot. You're not getting shot. Just do your job. Just beat the I, damn bush. No. What you're hired to do. I wasn't hired. I'm being forced to do this. Either way. Um, and you know, we play upbeat music for you every episode to make your day a little bit brighter. Do those happy hits. On Friday, we like to combine not only a happy hit with a cover song, but also a song featured from a movie. As we give a tip of the cap to the video vault segment, this one from Javier hits all three. Hey, Ralph. Javier from Arizona, two-star general. I had an idea for a happy hit, being as how it's Friday, uh, and it ties in with the movie. I was listening to Jen's option about a week or two ago uh, for movies uh, related to Shakespeare, and I love 10 Things, about, uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Yes. And one of the movie, uh, songs that I just absolutely love, and it's a cover, is uh, I Want You to Want Me uh, by Letters to Cleo. I don't know if you'd consider it uh, equal or better to the original, but damn, it's a good song. Uh, hopefully you play it. Um, hi, Queen J, and hey, Eddie, LMB. Great pick, Javi. I think, I don't think it's as good as the original by Cheap Trick. That's pretty terrific. Yeah, it's pretty good. But I'm a big fan of Letters to Cleo. I had a big crush on K. The lead singer, Kay Hanley, I think her name is, uh, back in the day. Great version, however, from the movie, 10 Things I Hate About You. Today's happy hit, I want you to want me.
Nice. That was good. That was good as the first one. That was good as Cheap Tricks. Exactly. It's good, though. But it's a fun, fun cover. I like it. Thank you, Javier, for that idea. Thanks to everybody, actually, who called in today. You, too, can be featured in our Garmy on the Line segment. But it can't happen, literally, unless you call me. Alrighty, now it's time for you to potentially win some fantastic cash and prizes on the Ralph Report game show. Uh, the Garmy game show is what we call it. Yeah. If you would like to participate, as you know, we pick a Garmy member at random each and every week to play on this game. One of us will represent you. You can also join in on the fun. Send us an email, ralph at theralphreport.com, eddie at theralphreport.com. In fact, put us both in the uh that makes it easy in the inbox yeah yeah because then we can uh, put it in our little files and when it comes time for one of us to draw a name out we've got you we need your mailing address as well and we need your t-shirt size for the time being as we're also giving away t-shirts if you'd like to participate drop us a line just like today's contestant did on the garmy game show it's time for america's fastest growing quiz sensation the Garmy Game Show with the host that loves you most, Ralph Garmin, and the contestant that can win you fabulous prizes, Ralph Garmin. Thank you so much, John Cooperman. Welcome, everyone, to the Garmy Game Show, the only game show on the Ralph Report where you can win some fabulous cash and prizes, cash not included, if I am able to answer a mere five out of ten questions correctly. Eddie Pence will be the quiz master today, challenging my knowledge in oh. some field or, or another. We'll have to wait and see. Should I get 10 out of 10, however? Mm-hmm. Our uh, Garmy Game Show contestant will win today's prizes, plus the bonus grand prize, which is the Eddie Pence Comedy Unspecial on DVD. Ooh. Oh, oh, speaking of which, I wonder if anybody watched you at, I don't uh, know. at 105 this morning. <laughs> I know I didn't, but I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm looking forward to seeing the replay. Um, If I don't get five, I got four or less. Well, nobody leaves the Garmy Game Show empty-handed. You'll get our parting gift, which is the Eddie Eddie Pence Comedy Unspecial on CD. All right, let's find out who I'm playing for today. Chosen at random, it's Katie Iverson. Katie Iverson, Mm -hmm. who hails from Sacramento, California, a little north of us, capital of our great state of California. Katie, I will be playing on your behalf today. Let's see what Katie could potentially win if I come through. Tell her, Ralph Garman. Why, thank you, Ralph. Today, Katie Iverson might be the winner of a cup. That's right, but not just any cup. It's the Ralph Report Coffee Cup. It's two-tone, orange on the inside, white on the outside, and blazing with the Ralph Report logo. But wait, there's more. Many cups you have to hold just in your hands <laughs> and sip it as if you're some sort of medieval peasant, but not the Ralph Report mug. No, it's got a handle like a cup from the future where you can hold it at a safe distance, keeping yourself from bodily injury. What if you have a small amount of liquid? Too much cup for a small amount of liquid? Well, you're a muck because we have the Ralph Report shot glass. Just right to hold approximately an ounce and a half of fluid. <laughs> it's transparent. 
Or do you wonder what color is the thing you're drinking? You'll be able to see right through the glass, except where it's emblazoned with the Ralph Report logo. But wait, there's more. You'll also get a Ralph Report Garmy t-shirt. That's right, be the envy of all your friends when you show up to Sunday school. <laughs> In your Ralph Report t-shirt, they'll say, forget about Jesus, who's this Garmy? That's what they'll likely say when you show up. You'll be the toast of the town in your Ralph Report Garmy t-shirt. That all could be yours if Ralph gets five out of ten. Back to you, Ralph. Thank you so much, Ralph Garmin. Really sinks his teeth to emblazoned. He really just really bites into that word. Well, he's, a, he's got his own style. He does. He certainly does. Uh, I don't know what Sunday school has to do with I, uh, T-shirts. I, I, I don't think people wear T-shirts to Sunday well, school. They didn't when one, I went. If you have that one, you might. They didn't when I went to Sunday school. All right, Katie, I'm going to try to do my best for you. Eddie Pitts, you are the quiz master I today. Am. Please let us know what is the theme of today's quiz. Well, I've been, you know, the, the, the mystery of where my watch is. Oh, went. the mystery of the watch. We've been looking for my watch now for... It feels like two weeks. Yes, it or has. Or if not longer. Yes. Um, and uh, to, to no avail. I still haven't found it. But probably because I haven't have, I don't have a good detective on the case. Right. That, that's a great idea. That's you what should, I need. You should bring in a detective. I need a PI or detective. I need someone Hunt on the down case. down some clues. So I got me thinking, maybe I should quiz you about some famous detectives in history, in either film or literature or TV. Oh, famous fictional famous detectives. Famous fictional detectives. Maybe we can find one to find my watch. I love this idea. If only you had one of these around. Right. You would. I could tell what case, time it is. The case would be solved. Right now. Yeah, but sadly you don't. I don't. All right, so these are famous fictional detectives. Right, TV or film. They're all fictional. Or literature. They're all fictional. All fictional. No real detectives. No real detectives. No no J.J. Arms. No J.J. Arms. All right. Whoever that is. He was the famous detective who had no arms. <laughs> don't you remember J.J. Arms? Shouldn't it be J.J. No Arms? No, his literal name was Arms. And he had no arms? They were blown off. The irony. And he had uh, hooks. So he's J.J. Hooks. Should be <laughs> Detective Hooks. No, but... He had special, like, high-tech prosthetic arms, too. That and this could was a real stuff, person, a not a real fictional one? Person. It's better than all the fictional he ones. Had, and he had, uh, sometimes he would put on his gun hands. It's like Google Gadget. Yes. And Inspector he, could, Gadget. he could shoot bullets out of one of his false oh, arms. That sounds awesome. And he became, like, a major celebrity in the 70s. They even made an action figure, a J.J. Arms action figure. J.J. Arms. Real detective J.J. Arms, who yeah. had no arms. <laughs> Most ironically named detective ever. Probably is he take, on their list? Probably bad at taking notes. No, oh, okay. no, no, he's All not right. on this because it's fictional. All right, you ask me questions, I will try I'm to I'm going to give you a practice one so oh, you understand what I'm doing. People hate the practice And because questions. people hate it so much, that's right. why I do it. All right. Here's a practice question. Which TV detective show always began with a message on an answering machine? Oh, come on. You're hurting, you're hurting my feelings with this question. It's a practice. It's just a practice. <sighs> You've reached Jim Rockford. It's the Rockford Files. There you go. Come on. See? Let's practice. Just that's, let you know how we're so doing. That's one for me. That Is doesn't that count. One? That no. doesn't count. That's the easy one. All right. All right. Number one. The name Pink Panther. Has been come to be identified with Inspector Clouseau in a series of films about the detective. Yes. However, what you is him? What is the Pink Panther? The Pink Panther. Well, it's self-explanatory right there in the, okay. in the title. What is the Pink Panther? It's the it's the Pink Panther. No, it's an actual thing. It's, what it's is a thing? 
okay. the thing of dreams. What is the Pink Panther? I, I believe the Pink Panther in, mm. in the original film yes. was a diamond, if I'm not mistaken. There you go. Diamond. It's a diamond. And if you looked into the diamond, you would a, see an image of a pink panther. There was a defect in the diamond that looked right. like a panther. Exactly. Yes. Number two. Ew. Inspector Clouseau's massive ego. Now this is the two questions, Clouseau. It's questions. not about Clouseau. It's a lot of Clouseau no, questions. This is, this is leading into it. I was said this is of two questions, Clouseau. Inspector Clouseau's massive ego, Eccentricity, exaggerated French accent, and prominent mustache were derived from what other famous fictional detective? Uh, that would be uh, Hercule Perrault, I would believe. There you go. Oh, love me some okay. Perrault. There you go. Not uh, Ross Perot. It's no, it's Ross Perot. He talked like this. Let me finish. He talked like this. Let, let, me, let, me, finish. Finish. let me finish. You gotta look <laughs> under the hood, because the whole thing's gonna blow up. <laughs> Hercule Perrault talked like this. Number three. What famous fictional detective resides at 221B Baker Street? Elementary, my dear Pence. Sherlock Holmes. Come on, man. Maybe these are too easy for you. You're hurting me. Uh, which detective is associated with this famous quote? <gasps> for in the long run, either through a lie or through truth, people were bound to give themselves away. That's a famous that's quote. That's a famous quote from one of these. For, for whom is it famous? One, that's what I'm asking you. No, no, not from whom is it famous. For whom is that famous? Do people just go around just quoting that this, all the time? This particular detective says these things. All right, give it to me one more time. For in the long run, either through a lie or through truth, people were bound to give themselves away. People were bound to give themselves away. Which famous fictional detective? That would be... That would be... Mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. That'd be... Philip Marlowe. Philip Marlowe. Hercule Perrault. No. Yes. No. Yes, that's oh, what he says. Stop it. That's what he says. Oh, please. That's what he says. Two Perrault questions. You know how many detectives there are in the world? You're starting already to repeat Those yourself? are some good ones. Oh, my God. Okay, why was Kojak always sucking on a lollipop? Because. Why? What was his reason? Uh, uh, not, uh, it's not because uh, he's uh, blowing uh, things. Uh, he's got a penis fetish he, in his mouth. He, he was very oral. Why is <laughs> Kojak... And, Sucking lollipops. Because he couldn't find other things. No, why? No, I know why. Because uh, he was trying to quit smoking. There you go. Yeah. Do you know what his cheat day was for bonus points? Uh, Every day, but what day was his cheat day? Uh, he could smoke on Fridays. No, Sunday. Oh, Sunday. Every day but Sunday. That makes sense. Number six. You who loves you, baby. That was his famous line. Professor Moriarty is to Sherlock Holmes mm. as Flat, jo Flat Top Jones is to... Wow. One more time? It's a math question. Yeah, this is like the SATs. Professor Moriarty yes. is to Sherlock Holmes. Yes. As Flattop Jones is to... Now, Flat Top Jones. I don't know if his last name is Jones, but I believe Flat Flattop was a, a villain of Dick Tracy, right? There you All go. Right. There you go. I tried to phrase it differently. Yeah, you did. I do some math stuff. This is such as that <laughs> as also is to that. Number seven. Which famous detective said to a great mind? This is this is multiple choice, but okay. which famous fictional detective said to a great mind nothing is little? A. Columbo, no. B. Sherlock Holmes, mm. C. Perrault. Oh, again with the Perot. D. Ventura, Ace Ventura. <sighs> He's a detective. All right, he counts. Uh, to a great mind nothing is little. To a great mind nothing. Columbo, Holmes, Perot. Well, it's not Columbo. Columbo always pretended to be dumber than he was, so he wouldn't give him that away. Okay. By saying, 
Oh, excuse me. I got one more question. <laughs> Do you know that I have a great mind? Did you know that? You would never say that. But the arrogance, to me, smacks of Sherlock Holmes. So I'm going to go with Sherlock Holmes. There you go. Yeah, he was an arrogant prick. Yes, he was. But he was good. Good at what he did. All right. Of course, Which, he did a lot of cocaine. So much. Yes. All of it. Which TV detective always said, just one more thing? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I'm sorry, just one more thing. That would be uh, Lieutenant Columbo. Yeah. I didn't know that would lead right from the other one. One I into think the would other. Nearly answer it. You got to be careful. My impressions have a mind of their own. They really do. They're sentient. Number uh, nine. Sam Spade's office is in what city? Sam Spade. What city is his <clears throat> yes, office Spade. located in? Mr. Spade, I want you to find the blackbird. <laughs> yes, yes, you have to find it. We're looking for it everywhere. We can't find it. Mm -hmm. So, we'd like to hire you to find it, Mr. Spade. <laughs> Um, what city? I believe. Does his office reside in? I thought he was a uh, San Francisco PI. There uh, you go. Yeah. You can see the Golden Gate Bridge in the opening shot. In yeah, office. you can. Final question. Please, you must find it for us. <laughs> it's not time to bring Peter Lorre back. We think, haven't had uh, much again, Peter lately. I think the whole episode should be Peter Lorre. <laughs> I don't know why you don't. You know, if you win today's contest you could get t-shirts maybe we'll have peter laurie do the announcing give for, uh, maybe other ralph needs we'll, a vacation we'll give announcer man uh, some time off and we'll bring <laughs> peter laurie in to talk about the prize packs all right final question final multiple, question multiple choice oh, multiple choice all right so don't answer until i give you all the choices okay the magnum pi reboot did a crossover with hawaii 50 the hawaii 50 reboot Bastards. which no one none of us watched bastards right. but during the original run of magnum pi mm. with tom Selleck. Which famous TV detective showed up to help Magnum out uh, when he was framed for murder? Was it A, Rick and A.J. Simon from Simon and Simon? Mm. B, Jessica Fletcher from Murder, She Wrote? Mm. C, Mike Hammer from Mike Hammer? Mm. D, Jim Rockford from The Rockford Files? Mm. Which detective did a crossover on Magnum P.I. to help him when he was framed for murder? Oh, man. Well, I know it wasn't... Uh... Rockford. I would know that right off the bat if that was the okay. case. Although Tom Selleck famously played another detective right. on the Rock. The season Files, before Magnum P.I. started. Named Lance White. Yes. Was very, His very rival. Very good in that. We get hunches and they turn out to be right, Jim. That's how we solve cases. That's not how it works at all, Lance. <laughs> Love that episode. Um, so I'm so he's off. Okay. I got three left. Uh, I, would, I would love it to be Simon and Simon, but I don't think that. That crossover ever happened, although they'd be great together. Dueling mustaches with oh, Gerald so, McRaney and so Tom hot. Selleck. So hot. So hot. So I'm thinking CBS. Um, I'm going to say it was Murder, She Wrote. Jessica Fletcher. Just because of the network. They were on the same network. She showed up in two episodes, one to help Higgins. <laughs> oh, Magnum. When he was on vacation. Sure. And then another one to uh, get him, uh, bang the P.I. out of trouble when he was framed. I think they uh, were back-to-back -back on the lineup or They something. were. It was two weeks so, in a row. Yeah. Simon and Simon was a planned crossover, but uh, the series ended before they could do it. That would have been so but awesome. It, it was in the works to do a Simon and Simon crossover. Loved me some Simon and Simon. All right, Katie, let's see how we did. Let's see if you're a winner or not. I got to do a little quick math here and come up with nine out of ten. Once again, just, just 
Just I gotta make these harder for you. Just rubbing up against the perfect score. Just make, rubbing up against it. I gotta it. make these harder for you. Just grinding up against the perfect know. score. I think I, I just I don't want to make them too hard where they're impossible. So but close. at the same time, I'm making them too easy. So close. Too easy. Oh, that wasn't too easy. That was a good one. But I just hate when I just I just so I toy with the perfect just, score and just, I just can't close just the deal. The, the tip right in there. Oh my god. <laughs> one more thing before we go. Did you really? Did you think that was really a famous quote from that guy? Because I don't remember it. It I never, was. I never heard of that. It's thing a famous before. quote from that guy. You say so. That's it for today's Garmy Game Show. <laughs> oh, sorry, wrong button. <laughs> See you next time on the Garmy Game Show. The Garmy Game Show is a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. Gave me a heart attack. What's the matter? That fucking buzzer almost gave me a heart attack. Oh, sorry. It had water in my mouth. I almost spit the water out. <laughs> the buzzer and the ding in the buzzer are omnipresent. <laughs> when you're when you're ready for the buzzer and you're doing a quiz and you can you're okay. I, the buzzers may or may not be coming, but that was oh. completely out of the blue. You're a little jittery. Oh my god. You might need a tonic. I might. Need you might need a nerve tonic. <laughs> some Geritol or something. Play, play some green noise on my Alexa. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash the Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All right, boys and girls, now it's time to take a look at all the entertainment news with a segment I call the Show Biz Beat. Sad news for classic rock and R&B fans. Rudolph Isley, one of the founding members of the Isley Brothers, has passed away. What's even sadder is hmm. he passed away on Wednesday and then he was found. Oh, that's... I don't have, uh, I've, I've lived with a lot of death in my life. I've lost my son and my friends and my parents. Yeah. And I'm, I have a familiarity with death to where it's, I'm not as petrified of it as I used to be. Mm -hmm. But I don't like the idea of dying and then laying there for a while and no one finding yeah, it. Yeah, I don't That disturbs me. Mm. Uh, that's just what happened. They believe it was a heart attack. Rudolph, of course... Uh, the eldest, I believe, of the Isley Brothers. Great R&B singers. I mean, what a long career, too. They started with Shout in the 1950s, and then late 50s and early 60s they had hits, and then into the 70s also had hits, all the way through the 80s. Quite an amazing career, the Isley Brothers. Here's one of my favorites of their tunes. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. Also passed away, one of the great talents in the comic book industry, Keith Giffen. He was a writer and artist behind some of your most beloved comic book characters. He created DC's Lobo. Okay. If you know that character, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was him. Uh, he created the Blue Beetle. He revamped the Blue Beetle for DC once the character came over from 
Charlton comics and also created the new version, the Jamie Reyes version as mm. well. He created Marvel's Rocket Raccoon. He was one of the writers with the Legion of Superheroes in the 1980s and 90s, making that book one of DC's biggest sellers. But my favorite work of his was with Justice League International, which became a very funny book with Batman, Green Gardener, uh, Guy, Guy Gardner rather, yeah. Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter, Shazam, Ice and Fire, and it was a, a big dysfunctional family with Blue Beetle and Booster Gold also <laughs> thrown in there. Um, one of my favorite runs in, in all of comics was the Justice League International. Yeah, he has passed away, sadly. And, you know, always had a great sense of humor, so much so that he wrote his own obituary to be posted on Facebook after his death. It wrote, I told them I was sick. Anything not to go to New York Comic Con. Thanks. And then blah, ha, 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 which was always how he wrote laughing in uh, oh, JL. Oh, hilarious. So uh, a man with a sense of humor till the end. That's hilarious. But, uh, Batman and Guy Gardner together always just made me laugh. Guy Gardner with anybody makes me laugh. This story I'm torn about. Because I feel for this person, yet at the same time, I want to slap this person. Hmm. Jonathan Goodwin is his name. He is an extreme stuntman. Oh. And he was doing a stunt for America's Got Talent Extreme. You oh. may remember this story. He was suspended upside oh, yeah. down, and he was supposed to get out of a straitjacket while two flaming automobiles were suspended next to him, and yeah. then they released the cars. Yeah. And he was going to get out before the cars collided and crushed him. Right. But he didn't get out of the way. I remember. And he got crushed. I remember. And he's now a paraplegic. His spine has been damaged. He's got multiple injuries. From the, ugh, and he's suing NBC. Why? Saying the network didn't do enough to ensure his safety while performing that dangerous stunt. I thought he takes all responsibility when he does a stunt like that. That's my point. That's good. Is I feel for him and it's horrible what happened to Awful. Him. Tragic. But you know what's never going to happen to me? I'm never going to be crushed between two flaming cars while I'm in a straitjacket. <laughs> because <laughs> I will never get into a straitjacket between two flaming cars. I've made a choice in my life to avoid that scenario. He made a choice, on the other right. hand, to put himself in that situation. I would imagine NBC would have him sign a bunch of paperwork saying, hey, if this goes south, we don't have any liability. I believe that's the case. However, he says there are extenuating circumstances, saying that the uh, stunt people, the coordinators they hired for the stunt yeah. were not properly professional, were not, were not talented enough to foresee what should have happened. He said the stunt was never tested with a stunt dummy before he actually got into the straitjacket. I think these are all questions you need to have before before you get in a straitjacket and are suspended between two flaming automobiles. Wow. So again, I feel for this man, yeah. but he made a choice to be a daredevil. And when you do that, it'd be like Evil Knievel suing Caesar's palace because the right. fountains were so high that, that he, he fell off his motorcycle and bounced oh. like a rag doll for a you mile and a half. You assume the risk when you do these things. That's what I'm thinking. As terrible as it is, and he's lost his livelihood, obviously. But yeah, it's obviously. Just, it's tragic. And I, and I know he's probably hard up for cash trying to find another way to, to make a living. But I don't think suing NBC over this is the way to go. I mean, maybe he hopes they'll just cut him a check to go away and he'll have some money. Maybe they will. Maybe this is all just a, a cash grab. And I got to say, again, in my heart, I hope maybe NBC does write him a check because it was horrible yeah. what happened. Oof. But I also feel a certain amount of frustration with him <laughs> yeah. because 
You know how you could have avoided that whole thing? Not be putting a straight jacket. Don't get in the straight. Two flaming cars. If you take anything away from today's Ralph report, don't get in the straight jacket. That's what I'm saying. Did you ever watch the Teletubbies? You were probably well, uh, well too old for uh, Teletubbies. Yeah, I missed the right? Teletubbies. But you remember when it was a phenomenon, Oh, I knew what they right? were, yeah, yeah. Tinky and Winky and Dipsy and Make Lala. Weird and noises, yeah. Wink, 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 wink. Yeah. Run around. It's, it's morning time, Teletubbies. Came out of the UK. Yeah, and that weird sunshine was weird. The yes. baby, the baby sun. That's yeah. exactly what yeah, we're yeah. going to talk oh, about. So creepy. Baby sun face. <laughs> sun baby oh, face. Did not like sun baby face. So the sun baby was a little girl named Jess Smith. She was a little yeah. baby. Yeah, yeah. This will make you feel old. She's now 27 oh, years old. Oh, fuck off, you. And she stupid is number facts. She, she's expecting oh, her own baby now. Come on. And so everyone's saying one of the biggest babies of their childhood is now going to have a baby. Yeah, it's like the Gerber baby having a baby, right? Like for that generation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they spent more time with that baby than probably a lot of babies. I don't know what that means, but a very popular show (laughs) with a popular baby. Time for Teletubbies. Time for Teletubbies. It's awful. Did you have a favorite? No, because I, I I knew of the show. I watched it for three seconds to see that sun babe. I was like, oh, it's not watching this. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, and they would all wave at the end and hide weird. behind trees. That was very weird. Had, like very... triangles in their heads and shit. It's an acid flashback of a show. Joel McHale has responded to Chevy Chase's statement Ooh. about the community. We talked about this when Chevy Chase was uh, interviewed and yeah. said that he was glad when he left the show because he didn't want to be around those people. Yeah. Well, Joel McHale was interviewed recently. They asked him to comment on Chevy Chase's comments. And he said, well, first of all, they asked him, did it hurt his feelings? And he said, Chevy Chase stopped hurting my feelings in 2009. He said, he's not not bothered by it. But regarding, I didn't want to be around with those people every day. McHale said, hey, no one was keeping you there. (laughs) I mean, you weren't sentenced to the show. I was like, all right, you could have left. If you really wanted that, but he said, but you know, Chevy, Chevy being Chevy. And he said, the feeling's mutual, bud, about not wow. wanting to be around. So it looks like still no love lost between. That's crazy, because like Joe McHale's like around my age. Like he grew he's my he probably grew up watching and was a fan of Chevy Chase. He has said in the past, when he got on community with Chevy Chase, it was being with one of his comedy yeah. icons. And then and the, nothing but excitement and, and anticipation of working with And like, don't meet your hero sort of thing. That's like, very much the case in, in Chevy Chase's That's gotta suck. Case. That just has to suck to be like, I love this guy and I, his work inspired me when I was younger and now I work with him and now I fucking hate him. Have him be a total dick. That's, that sucks. You know, the reason he was he left is because he was making racist, racist jokes on the set around Donald <laughs> Glover all the time. Never to him and never with him as the butt of the joke, but oh. making racist comments in in couched as humor to the point where everyone on the set was so uncomfortable they finally had to mm, remove dude, him. In times of change, man. Stepped in. It's not the seventies. Yeah, dude. Like, stop. I can grow up a little bit. He's he is the the biggest disaster Ugh. in terms of you know the fall from grace yeah. from comedians of my era. Yeah. In terms of how popular and how much goodwill he had and how he just pissed it all away with his arrogance and shitty attitude. Yeah, he was as popular as Bill Murray Absolutely. in the 80s. Absolutely, they were neck and neck he in a very different way. He could have had a career like that had he not been such an asshole. Who wants to work with him now? Nobody. Now he's doing con- the convention circuit. They're yeah. doing uh, you know, vacation reunion conventions. That's all he's got stuff. is this Christmas vacation once a year. It pops up and he has work. Stay a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on October 13th. 
Musician Paul Simon, speaking of Chevy Chase, yeah. they were in the Don't Call Me Out yeah. video together. Now, he was so funny in that video. I know. I like the video. Why has he got to be a dick? I don't know. Paul Simon's 82 today. Damon Wilson from Sanford and Son played the son on that show. Is seventy-seven? <laughs> you big dummy, Lamont. Lamont, you big dummy. Keyboardist Robert Lamb of Chicago is seventy-nine. Kate Walsh from Grey's Anatomy and Private Practice is 56. Singer Sammy Hagar is 76. There's only one way. There's only one way. Actually, there's lots of ways to rock, really. <laughs> it's not just the one way, Sammy. John Ford Coley of England, Dan, and John Ford Coley, 75. I'm not talking about moving in, and I don't want to change your Tisha Campbell Martin from the series Martin is 55. X-Files creator Chris Carter is 67. You a fan of that show? I am. I grew to be a fan. I wasn't originally, but I grew to be a fan. Oh, really? I loved it from get-go. Uh, Matt Walsh from Veep, who, of course, now is currently dancing with the stars. He's 59. Marie Osmond of Donnie and is 64 today. I'm a little bit country. And I'm a little bit rock and roll. Oh, oh that's sad. What part of him thinks he's rock and roll? He's not. Like, what part? That's why there was the matter-antimatter explosion that happens at the end of that song. <laughs> Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things is 22. And Sasha Bo- Boren. Nope. <laughs> Boren. Sasha Baron Cohen. Not Sasha Boren Karen. <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen. Borat himself. Mm. Ali G, of course. He's 52. I like you. I like sex. It's nice. It's nice. That's it for Celebrity Birthdays. Today, I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And now it is time for us to go beneath the Batcave to the subterranean titanium vault. Oh, yes. Where therein lies every movie ever made in the history of film. Every weekend, we reach in and pull out a couple films that we think are underwatched or underappreciated. Mm. And it all, of course, applies to a theme. The theme for today's Video Vault segment was provided to us from Garmy member Rosie. Hi, Ralph. This is Rosie, two-star general here. I'm calling with a suggestion for um, the movie vault. Since it is spooky season, it would be really cool to hear what your and Eddie's 
first horror movie that you watched was, you know, and share your experience. How old were you? Did it scare you? Did it unlock a new love for horror movies? Mine was The Exorcist, and I was eight years old. Oh, my God. With my older brother. Pretty much couldn't sleep for, like, two weeks. Had to sleep with my parents. But, yeah, it was a new love unlocked for me, and I have loved horror movies ever since. So I would love to hear your and Eddie's uh, first horror movie experience. Mm. Love you, mean it, bye. So these are the first movies that scared the shit out of us, is basically what today's theme is. Let's open up the video vault. I've talked about it on this show before. I am not a fan of horror movies. I don't enjoy being frightened in a theater. It's not my genre either. Uh, I've seen all the big ones in my life, but usually much later than their original release. I've seen The Exorcist 2, and I've seen The Omen, and I've seen, you know, a handful of the slasher flicks like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. I've seen the first one in a lot of those genres. I've seen Halloween. But when I thought about it, the very first film I ever saw as a kid that scared the hell out of me mm-hmm. wasn't even a motion picture in the theaters. It was a TV movie. Oh. Came out in 1974. It's available readily on the internet. You can find it a, de- a couple different places. It's called Bad Ronald. I don't know Bad if you ever Ronald. heard of Bad Ronald. No. This was an ABC movie of the week. Back in the 70s, they used to air a lot of questionable content <laughs> on network television <laughs> because there really was no place else to go. And so they could take some chances with their movies of the week. This one left a lasting impression on me. Bad Ronald is the story of a socially inept, awkward high school youth. Okay. Today you would say he's on the spectrum. Okay. Awkward socially, uh, very artistic, desperately wants to fit in, but constantly mocked by his peers in high school. Mm. Kind of like a carry situation. Okay. And so at one point in the story... Ronald is being mocked by this girl that he asks out and her little sister. Right. And he gets so frustrated, he pushes the little sister over and she falls back and hits her head on a concrete block and dies. Oh, God. So Ronald takes the body and buries it in the woods and confesses to his mother. Bad Ronald. Who is an overbearing mother a la... Uh, psycho, right? Okay. Uh, Anthony Perkins' right. character, sure. Norman Bates. Yeah. And she says, we, we have to hide you because we have to wait for this whole thing to blow over. So we're going to hide you. We're going to wall you up into this room in the house. <laughs> and I'm going to put some sheet rockets this is on plywood. ABC? Yes. And I'm going to, I'm going to uh, put some wallpaper over it. And no one will ever know this secret room exists in case the police come looking for you. They'll never find you. And so Ronald goes along with it. Okay. Mother gets sick, goes to the hospital, never comes back. Uh Mama dies. Okay. They sell the house. Oh, no. A new family moves in to Ronald's house. Okay. Didn't look at the floor plan. No. No. And he is living now in the walls of their home. Right. Okay. Drilling peepholes in all the holes so he can follow this family, especially their two young daughters, and watch them. It's the creepiest thing. No, he's the same age. Same age. He's 14, 15, 16, How's something like that. How's he get like food? That. There's a trap door. Okay. In the middle of the night, he sneaks out and goes through the kitchen and grabs their food. And they're like, 
Where, what happened to that loaf of bread that I got yesterday? I don't know. You must have eaten it. I didn't eat it. I mean, there's a lot of weird shit going on in the house that goes unexplained uh -huh. because Ronald is creeping through the house at night and living behind the walls during the day and peeping on these girls. Okay. And the whole family. All right. It's terrifying. To a 10-year-old me, <laughs> I was never comfortable being alone in a house again for about a decade. Hearing noises, thinking, right. was there a peephole like a behind Ronald, the wall? Man. Bad Ronald. Bad Ronald. Find it, people, <laughs> and watch it. Dabney Coleman plays the father, by way, of the family really? moves oh, in. It's Dabney a great Coleman. cast. Scott Jacoby plays Ronald Wilby, the titular bad Ronald, if you will. Um, here's a little scene from the film. This is him watching the family because he's desperate for like human contact. Right. And so he's desperately wanting to be connected with this family. He falls in love with one of the daughters, okay. by the way, and makes him in her in his own mind the princess of a fictional kingdom that he's drawing behind the walls. Oh, so it's also crazy Ronald. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's well Not crazy. Just bad Ronald. Oh no, he's crazy super Ronald. crazy. <laughs> Poor Ronald. So he's watching them have dinner, and the girl has a new boyfriend. The boyfriend is the older brother of the little girl Ronald killed. Oh, my God. So it's his first time back in the house since the whole thing happened. And so Ronald's got his eye to the peephole, and he witnesses this whole conversation. Let me, honey, let me have a beer. I'll put one in the freezer, see if it's uh, cold. All right, milk. Thank you. Well, what do you think of our house, Wayne? Dwayne, Daddy. Dwayne, that's what I said. What do you think of the house, Dwayne? And I never thought I'd be eating here. Why'd you say that? Oh, I like the I like the house. It's really nice. Why did yeah, you say that? Hard, you must have had a reason for saying that. Ronald Wilby, he lived here before you moved in. So and he murdered my sister. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's right, Ben. I I remember reading about that. This house is evil, just like Bab said. Honey, please don't start on that again, all right? I'm sorry. That's okay. What happened to him? I don't know. The police never found him. He's about six feet away from you right now, behind the wall. Does he have running water in his room? No, he's filthy. Toilet? He's filthy. No toilet or anything? Yeah, it was a bathroom. The, the spare room was, was, a was a large bathroom, a downstairs bathroom. And at one point, Dabney Coleman's complaints like, this one bathroom upstairs thing is just nuts. It's such a line to get into the bathroom. Why would you buy a house with one bathroom upstairs? Look, don't look for real estate logic. Of course, you being married to a realtor, saying, you have all kinds of real estate questions. That's a huge red flag. Just, just watch the bad Ronald. I don't want to. Scary. Too many questions raised. Scaring everybody, bad Ronald. So uh, that's my pick. Mm. Yeah, you shouldn't be asking questions about anybody's movie today I of all should. days. I, you're, yours isn't much better than mine. It's so much better. You like, tell people what your movie is. Well, like I said, like I saw, a lot, I, like I said, horror is not my genre either, but I've seen Exorcist and Friday, mostly at sleepovers when I was a kid with other friends. because I didn't that's, see Bad Ronald, apparently. apparently. <laughs> didn't fucking see Bad Ronald. But um, this is the one I saw, I was probably six or seven. It's very early memories of like, like I said, we, we were talking about 
Saturday morning cartoons, after Saturday morning cartoons were over, uh, some move, some old movie would always come on the the state, the TV station. Right. And it was sometimes it was King Kong, sometimes it was Tarzan, sometimes it was these weird 1970s horror movies. Mm. And uh, one time, this was like six or seven years old, and this is the first time I've ever seen it. It was called, uh, it was 1972. <laughs> That's not the year I saw, but it, right. 1972 was the year it was made. Right. Uh, it was called Frogs. Yeah. Terrifying, terrifying name. And- <laughs> Frogs. The, it, it's it's sort, of, sort of like an eco horror story where uh, the 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 worst kind. The ecosystem is exacting revenge upon the human race for the pollution. Sure, story. sure, like it does. Um, it's about a wildlife f- photographer played by Sam Elliott. Yeah, very early, very Sam young, Bro- young Sam. Very Elliott. young Sam. Elliott. Pre mustache Sam Elliott. Uh, he uh, meets an upper class uh, U.S. Southern family, or uh, I guess they own like this island plantation in the South, and he's out there doing taking photographs, or whatever, and he stumbles across this plantation. And uh, it's this old like Southern family, and the guy's like in a wheelchair, and they're they're polluting the 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 swamp around oh, them, no. and so it just it, to Hope a series. Frogs don't get upset. To a series of events, uh, every member of the family gets picked off by somebody by some sort of uh, like tarantulas bite one guy to death, another one the moss comes alive and strangles a dude. Sure, uh, alligators eat this girl. Right. Um, it was just but it was, the most terrifying animals of all are left for last at the end when uh, the guys <laughs> frogs they all leave the island except the old man in the wheelchair because he just wants to enjoy his birthday in the Fourth of July. Hey, spoilers! And that's when the frogs come. Oh my god! But this movie, the least scary animal of the swamp, fucking freaked me out when I was a kid. Frogs. And every time we would go camping, I would I would hear frogs in the at, at night, and I would just be fucking terrified. The frogs are going to come in the tent. So all these creatures team up into a super villain team yes. and start killing humans. Sort of like if the swamp thing never turned into a, a humanoid form, it right. was just stayed swampy, just snakes and moss. Here's the trailer for the ridiculous 1972 film, Frogs. Frogs lay hundreds of millions of eggs each year. What if they all hatched? I don't believe it. American International Pictures presents Frogs, the story of the day nature strikes back. One by one, they faced extinction from a slithering tidal wave of terror. I still believe man is master of the world. Does that mean he can't live in harmony with the rest of it? Frogs, starring Ray Milland, Sam Elliott, Joan Van Ark, Adam Rourke, and Judy Pace. Frogs, an American international picture rated PG. Today, the pond. Tomorrow, the world. Jaws. Today the pond. Tomorrow the world. The world. God. Frightening. God. Frightening. My lord. To a six-year-old, frightening. It's funny because Adam Rourke, one of the stars of Frogs, was my acting teacher for years oh, was when he? I first got to Los Angeles. <laughs> Sweetheart of a man, very talented guy. Uh, his big break, his biggest claim to fame frogs. was Obviously. not frogs. Obviously. It was uh the stunt man with Peter O'Toole. Okay. Great film, and he's great in it. But uh, he would endlessly mock himself with about frogs. He would talk. <laughs> we would as a punchline to many a joke was was frogs. Oh, fucking movie frightened me as a child. Well, you're now I know why you love horrible films because you've been scarred. It planted the seed. You're I revisiting believe. the scene of the crime over <sighs> and be, over again. Might be it. Frogs <laughs> or Bad Ronald. 
Two classics. It's a hand in the frog's mouth at the end. Oh, I've seen the poster. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sending that along. <laughs> These are your scary choices. Time to throw them back into the video vault. And now it's time before we go to check in with Jay Busby from Yahoo Sports in a segment we call What's the Buzz? What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. And here we are as we enter week six of the NFL, and it wouldn't be football without talking to our man Jay Busby from Yahoo Sports. Buzz, how you doing? Brother, I would join a brotherly shove line with you anytime. I'm great. My Eagles coming off of a, a victory here in Southern California. I was there, so I got to feel like I helped a little bit. You did. You absolutely did. It, you know, it's, it's always a, good to be in the crowd and give that one extra bit of cheering that puts them over the top. I agree. And so now they stand at 5-0 and oh, going into Jersey this weekend to face the New York Jets. I don't know why they call them New York. <laughs> they play in Jersey, but... Uh, <laughs> I got to think the birds are favored in this matchup, right? Yeah, the the, the Jersey Jets sound like some really bad softball team somewhere. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this this matchup lost a whole lot of its interest once Aaron Rodgers uh, went down. Obviously, as as pretty much every single matchup did in the Jets uh, in the Jets schedule at the moment, uh, it's it's Eagles favored by seven. I think that that's more than enough. Here's a fact that I that I did not realize, and I'm sure that you knew it. The Jets have never beaten the Eagles, never tied them. Just 12-0-0. So the Eagles have a perfect record, so they should be able to keep it going this weekend. See, those kind of facts always make me nervous because I feel ultimately that they're due eventually to win <laughs> at some point. I just hope it's yeah. not this week. Yeah, I, I just I can't see it this week. I mean, obviously knocking on all the wood in the house, but everything is so moving, moving in such the the uh, Eagles direction right now. Jalen Hurts won his last regular season, 11 regular season road wins. Uh, the only real issue that I have noticed, and you've probably noticed this too with the Eagles, is the red zone. You know, they're, they're yeah. having trouble scoring once they get into the red zone, but a lot of that is because they actually score from outside the red zone. They'll have monster, uh, monster throws that get them in. So the Jets really just don't have anything to offer this time around, and, and I think that it's going to be fine for the Eagles. It'll be tough, but uh, every game is, but uh, I think this is a winnable one. What's the plan with the Jets at quarterback? Is Zach Wilson just going to be the guy for the foreseeable future? I mean, the, the problem with, with the NFL is that there are 32 teams and there's about 15 serviceable quarterbacks. And then once <laughs> you get below that, it really is just kind of like mixing and matching. And so yeah. it's like if you, if you were to go to mortgage the future to go and get somebody else, are you guaranteed to have that much of an upgrade? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is talking about uh, coming back before the end of the season, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers says a lot of crazy shit, so no idea whether that's going to fly or not. Let's take a look at Eddie's team, the Washington Commanders. You happen to be in D.C. right now, right? I am in D.C., as a matter of fact, and the city is just just thrilled with the Commanders right now. They just cannot wait. They, as long as they can remember the Commanders' name, what it is this year, they're fine with it. Uh, they're playing the Falcons. They're playing my Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta this weekend. And it's an interesting kind of combination here because it's like if you put these two teams together, you would have one really good team because the Falcons are largely a great team without much of a quarterback and the Commanders are a great quarterback and pretty much nothing else. So it's it's going to be, you know, kind of a very, very resistible force versus very movable object this weekend. <laughs> 
What's the uh, spread on this game? It's uh, two and a half. Uh, Falcons favored by two and a half. And I think that that's in large part because Atlanta actually, despite all my cheap jokes there, uh, their their quarterback Desmond actually did show up this past weekend playing against Houston, played a solid game, seemed like he knew what he was doing, led a game-winning drive. They've got such a great complement of parts around him. And so if he can even just be rise to the level of, of, of mediocrity, then Atlanta's in good shape. But uh, Washington, meanwhile, just coming off of a, a loss to Denver and uh, I'm sorry, a loss to the Bears and a loss to Denver earlier in the season. Washington just just is in that situation where people are starting to think about Ron Rivera's job. So it's not a it's not a great time in D.C. right now. Yeah, if you can't beat the teams that are struggling that you're supposed to beat, it's never a good sign for a team. Yeah. But- you're right, Sam Howell, a pleasant surprise for the folks there in Washington. Yeah, so far so good. I mean, you know, he's, he threw for a, last week in a losing effort, threw for almost 400 yards, 388 yards, two touchdowns. That's the kind of stuff that you want to see because that's the stuff that you can build on. But it's it it's, takes a while to build all the way around him, and you you just hope you can hold on to him for that long and keep him upright for that long. Lastly, let's take a look at what promise, promises to be just a bloodbath this weekend. Yes. The Panthers up against the Dolphins. Dolphins just looking like world beaters this season. And Carolina, what what's going on with that squad? Yeah, what intrigues me about this matchup, other than the fact that Miami's favored by almost two touchdowns and it's two former Alabama quarterbacks, is that it's really illustrative of two franchises going in completely different directions. I mean, you know, the NFL, everybody always kind of stays in the same sort of middle margin. You know, half the playoff teams turn over every year. But these are two teams that that are just completely straight up and straight down. And the Dolphins, we know about them, playing exceptionally well, hung 70 points on the Broncos a couple of weeks back. Everything is working out for them. The Panthers, people aren't hearing much about them because there's not much to say. I mean, they had the number one draft pick, picked up Bryce Young. And they've done nothing with him. And this week, it started boiling over with uh, the head coach, Frank Reich, kind of mentioning in the sort of complaining tones that the owner, David Tepper, was taking a great interest in the team. And that's never a good sign when you're a coach, when when your owner is taking a real close interest in how things are going, (laughs) because it's generally not to to pat you on the back and say, hey, keep keep it up, champ. (laughs) No, you want the owners to stay in their luxury boxes where they belong. (laughs) Exactly. I was going to ask you now, if you were an NFL owner, if if somehow, you know, the, the lottery came up and the Eagles ended up in your hands, would you be a meddling owner? Because we, we like to think that we would let the football people handle it. But I feel like, you know, we would want to go and go down in the locker room and, uh, you know, make our voice known. I think within reason, I would have to stick my nose in maybe just conversations with the head coach from time to time and add a boy to some of our star players, but I wouldn't want to get in the (laughs) way, especially if they're playing well. It's like you say, it's you only hear from the owners when things start to go south. You just, you just go say, Hey, can you hire that Deion Sanders? He seems good. Can you go get him? Do what you can do. (laughs) Speaking run one more minute before I let you go. Speaking of, of, meddling owners i can't help but think of jerry jones every time uh, someone mentions a an owner who sticks his nose where it doesn't belong he's yeah. been very vocal about his support with dak prescott however given the the continuing struggles this guy has with picks and whatnot is this really a guy who can get the dallas cowboys to where they want to be the, the trick is, I mean, this is where you start to come up against hard reality. I mean, think about how long it, it realistically takes to develop a new quarterback. It takes two to three years. And Jerry wants, wants this done now and not just because of the obvious, you know, biological mortality reasons. It's it's the way that his salary cap and the way that his team is structured. He's going to have to start paying a lot, a few players, a lot of money. So the, mm. basically the way that Dallas is right now, they, they are all in on this season. So, yeah. 
He's going to say that he's all he, he would probably, you know, shoot Dak into the sun if he could, <laughs> but he doesn't have a realistic option. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Who else are you going to be able to get with it with any kind of a realistic uh, confidence that they would be better? So, yeah, I mean, he's going to he's going to give public support to Dak. But, yeah, I think that he's probably wishing that maybe he had pulled the trigger two or three years ago. Yeah. Buzz, as always, great stuff. Thank you so much for making time for us. And we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Take care, brother. As always, thanks to Jay Busby from Yahoo Sports for giving us a look at this weekend's games. Best of luck to your commanders, sir. Oh, thanks. And uh, we'll you too. We'll, we'll see your, if me and Jets boy are going to have a spelling bee square off after, or not. The, after the game. Thanks for joining us all week long, boys and girls. We hope you as much fun as we did. We'll talk to you on Monday with a brand new show. And a munching Monday, I don't think you're going to want to miss. So hmm. please come back. Is it frogs? It's frogs. <laughs> we strike back. Today, the pond. Tomorrow, the world. <laughs> we'll talk to you on Monday. In order for you to join us, however, you got to take care of yourself. So please stay good in the hood. Because life is life. And we want yours to be long, happy, and healthy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Until we do, please remember and never forget, I love you. I mean it. Bye. Ha ha, so ha, ha, I got it, ha ha, bye bye. Take a better dance now. Bye, Menon. Fuck off. <laughs>